Do you have a true scary or maybe not so scary story you want to share with the channel? Go to asTheRavenDreams.com slash submit or check the links down below. And of course, thank you. I like to play a lot of MMO games. I can get pretty competitive in them, so I've made some enemies, but also made quite a few friends. After talking to some, I ended up meeting up with them, and we hung out pre-2020 to play games together, see a movie, and even went to some conventions together. Shamefully, I've even gone on a few regrettable dates that went nowhere. This story is about one guy that just couldn't take no for an answer. A few years ago, I was heavily into playing a popular MMORPG. Sometimes, I liked bringing smaller level people into places that they normally wouldn't be able to take on so that they could get better rewards. I took a group of people, and after a few rounds, people were happy and thankful. Some more than others. And I had one person stick around after others had left talking to me, asking how certain crafts and skills worked. It was nothing unusual, and I was okay with helping him out. He added me as a friend, and we moved on from there. I had to work some longer shifts the next few nights, so I didn't play for a couple days. Not long after logging on, this guy joined the same server and came over talking to me. He was excited to see me because he had managed to grind to the point that he was up to my level. I thought it was pretty impressive at the time, because he was nearly half my level. Because of this... We ended up playing a new map together, and took it out pretty quickly. It was pretty fun, and the guy was funny. He had plenty of quips he would throw out there, so it was amusing. We talked a lot throughout it about what we did for work. I found out he actually lived and worked at a warehouse about two cities over from me. After playing, we had to have stayed up another hour or so just talking. We seemed to have a lot in common, so I was excited about it at the time. I ended up giving him my email so we could talk more, and we really started to hit it off. Other than games, we had a lot of similar interests. For about a week, we emailed each other, and then we decided to video chat. He looked like a pretty normal guy, and definitely not someone that looked intimidating. After about a month of talking, we decided to meet up. It was all in public, still. We went to dinner, and then to a local arcade, we had ice cream, and then we parted ways. It was actually a great night. He seemed super nervous at first, but I figured it was just because he was shy. We both agreed that we should get together again, and we parted ways. At this point, we had traded our phone numbers as well, so we called and texted regularly. And I was feeling really good about this one. I was honestly excited to get to spend more time with him, so 
we set up another date. And this time, it did not go as well. It started out fine, and we got to the restaurant, sat down, and as I was holding the menu or going for a drink, he would reach out and grab my hand. It wasn't a big deal at first. I thought it was a sweet gesture, but as he continued, he would make it more and more difficult to pull away from. I know I ended up mentioning that his hands were cold or something to try to get him to stop, which did deter him for a bit. As we ate, though, he started saying things that were really off-putting. When we started talking about our plans for the future, I mentioned that I had been saving up money so I could go visit my brother, who was living in Japan, and that I wanted to travel abroad. He seemed visibly surprised or upset by this at first, which I've seen people react like that before, so I tried to explain my reasoning, and he cut me off to say something like, well, it'd be pretty difficult to travel like that with kids. I was confused by this comment, because I certainly didn't have any kids, and as far as I knew, he didn't have any either. So I just laughed and mentioned, I agree. Uh, thankfully, I don't have any, so that's not an issue for me. Without as much as a smirk, he said, Well, not yet, but when we do, it wouldn't be doable. I first started reiterating that I didn't want kids and wasn't planning on having any when it registered in my head that he said, When we have kids. So I questioned him about it. He went on about how we are required to reproduce, and that was what we were born to do. I was blown away by this because this was completely different from what we had talked about prior. So, being friendly, I just told him that he can definitely have kids of his own someday, but I had bigger plans in life than to be tied down to a diaper bag. His reaction told me that this was not the right answer. He started going on about how it was all part of the plan. We were destined to be together and to have these genius kids that would save our country. I was in shock and incredibly disappointed as he came off as a great guy but very quickly, I knew that whatever was between us was now beaten, dead, and buried. So, with that, I acted like I had a call to take and walked off to gather my thoughts. After pacing in the restroom for a few minutes, I went back out, put money on the table for my meal, and told him that I had to go. He tried stopping me, and asking me what was wrong and to stay longer, but I told him that I'd had an emergency, so I started walking out. By the time I got to my car, he was hollering for me, so I stopped for a second, thinking he may just be trying to say goodbye, or just maybe apologizing, but that was dumb of me. No, instead, he said he was sorry about what he said in rushing it, 
and that we could wait a few more months before we started having kids? <laughs> At that point, I told him that I had to go, and left as he watched me driving away. A little disappointed in the outcome, I ended up going back to work the next day and tried to find a way to let him know that I didn't want to see him anymore. That night, I sent him a long email telling him that, since we really didn't have mutual feelings and thoughts, that it was probably best to just cut ties. It hadn't even been an hour when he tried calling me. I ignored the first one, but then he called again, so I answered it. This guy was literally pleading and begging me not to end it. I explained to him that the whole thing about kids was just way out of line, and quite frankly creepy, and said that if he wanted kids, then I wasn't the person for him, as my mind was not going to change. Then, he started crying on the phone, apologizing for his actions, and for a minute, I believed him. Not to the point that I would try again, but that he seemed genuine. But he kept making it worse. He then calmed down and said that if I would feel better about it first, that we could get married and then start having kids. At that point, I told him, You really aren't getting it. I don't want kids at all. I don't want to marry you at all. And at this point, I don't want you in my life at all. So please, stop calling and texting, as I'm not going to answer anymore. And then hung up. He tried calling many more times, but I just ignored them. However, since he kept texting me too, I ended up just blocking his number. However, that didn't help for very long. This guy went through two more phone numbers within two weeks. Each time, I just kept blocking it. But he was persistent. One day, while at work, I worked at a department store. I got a call on my walkie that someone was asking for me by name. I found this odd because I was a department manager, so customers didn't really see me. So there would be virtually no reason for one to ask for me. So, as I head to the front, there he is. Creepy guy. Holding flowers and waiting for me. I hadn't told him where I worked, just that it was a retail store, so I have no idea how he figured it out. I asked what he was doing there, and again, he went on about being destined and babies and everything, and at that point... I'd had enough. The kind and cool manager everyone knew at my work snapped, and I went off. I called the dude a freak. I told him to leave me alone, get out of my life, and to never come back here, or I would call the cops. His response was to drop the flowers at my feet and say that I would change my mind. Then he left. Thankfully, my staff was supportive and put up alerts in case he came back so they knew to call the cops. 
Unfortunately, that was not the last of him. I saw him in other random places, like the grocery store, at the park where I jogged, at a restaurant, and mind you, he lived a few cities over. So, why would he be at some of the places by me? I did end up calling the cops and talking to them about a restraining order, but frustratingly, they said they couldn't really do anything unless or until he tried something. So, on the brink of giving up, I changed my number. I tried to limit who I told where I was going, and was pretty much non-existent on social media or other public forums that I would go on. It only got worse, though. On a particular hot day, I ended up helping some people out at my work in the lawn and garden section, so as soon as I got home, I decided to get food delivered and would hop in the shower before it arrived. After I got out and was brushing my hair, I heard a knock and then someone yell, Hello? I thought this was really odd, and it startled me at first because I knew I didn't have any windows open because it was so hot. So, I ran to the living room and noticed a lady standing there, holding my food with the door wide open. Before I could say anything, she immediately apologized but said the door was open when she approached, but didn't know what to do, so she just hollered. Nothing else seemed out of place or missing, so I just chalked it up to me not shutting it right. My house is old, and if you don't make sure to hold the doorknob a certain way, it won't latch, and it can swing open. So, I just thought, being as tired as I was, I didn't shut it right. I paid for my food, the lady left, and I sat the food on the counter to start opening it, when I went to reach for a knife to cut the bag open. There was a knife missing. I looked around to see if I had used it and set it down somewhere, but my sink only had a coffee cup and spoon in it, and my dishwasher was empty. I didn't know what to do or what to think, so I just let it go for the moment and headed to the living room with my food. I noticed that my phone was pretty low, so I went to my room to grab my charger. As I reached down to unplug it, and that's when I found the missing knife. Under my bed. And that knife was being held by someone's hand. I was internally freaking out thinking, how do I get out of this without letting them know that I was aware of their presence? So, I grabbed my phone and immediately called 911 as I walked out of the room slowly. However, I pretended to call my work. The conversation was something like this. 911, what's your emergency? Hey, Francis, can you do me a huge favor? It's important. Ma'am, are you aware that you called 911? Yes. Are you unable to talk? Yes. There's an envelope in my office with my address on it. 123 my address. Could you drop it in the mailbox for me? I forgot to, and it needs to be sent today. 
Do you need me to send someone to that address? Yes, please. They're on their way. I did not expect this to work, but I was beyond thankful that it did, and that the operator caught on quickly. I went out on the porch to wait, pretending to be doing something on my phone, all while watching inside for movement, when they finally arrived. They moved quickly into my house, and after a lot of yelling and commanding, the guy was finally dragged out. To my horror, it was the same guy. I never told him where I lived. But I suppose since he saw me so many times around town, he must have followed me home one night. They also found zip ties and duct tape on him. Thankfully, that was enough to not only file that restraining order, but was also enough to press charges and put him in jail. Since then, I've had my door replaced, and even so, I always make sure to lock it. I also rarely see people in person that I meet online. There are definitely good people in this world, but there are also people with bad intentions. Listen to your instincts, though. They're usually not wrong. And also, never be afraid to call for help even if you can't outwardly say it. Just listen carefully, too, and they will understand. It can save a life. This happened to me when I was in my mid-twenties. I was loving my life, I had my own place, a laid-back job. I partied a lot and had my fair share of short-lived relationships. Sometimes, you just don't vibe with someone in a relationship like you thought you would, but you work just fine as friends. That was typically what happened to me. I kept telling myself if the right person came along, I'd be willing to give it a try, but... I couldn't see myself with them long-term. However, it looked like my luck was changing after meeting a girl at a party I went to. I'll call her Alyssa. Alyssa was basically a friend of a friend. I went to a party and my friend immediately was pushing me to go talk to this girl. He said she was currently in college and studying psychology. She was a year younger than me, but loved partying and was at nearly every one that they went to. She was quiet at first, but quickly loosened up to talking and playing some of the games they had set up. We were there pretty late, just drinking, playing games, and hanging out. I was starting to like it, and she seemed pretty cool, so... I mentioned that we should actually go on a date sometime. Her reaction? It was different than what I normally get. She was ecstatic. I remember she hugged me and said she would love to. No one's ever that excited. And that same day, she had already started texting me and wanting to set up a time to see each other. 
we ended up going out sometime that same week, and just as I hoped, it was a fantastic time. I had learned a lot about her, about her schooling, and she was very passionate about it, and what she wanted to do. I thought it was fantastic, as I didn't go to college, and seeing someone dedicating so much time to it and still having fun, it was refreshing. This started the longest six months of my life. Everything started great for probably the first two months or so. We went on normal dates, we continued to go to parties together, and she started to practically live with me. I was fine with this, as she was an incredible cook, and I ate out too much. She cleaned a lot, and it made me realize how much I didn't. And she was just all around a good person to be with. Our lives were just very normal. We worked, she had school, we had dinner together, and she even met my mother at one point. We were like a normal couple, and it was a refreshing feeling. But little by little, things started changing. I think it was about three, almost four months in. She was starting her semester finals, so she was studying a lot. Her job also had two people quit, so she ended up working more, so she was definitely under more stress than usual. I tried to give her her own time while she was doing schoolwork, so I would go to the living room and play something with my friends. A few times, she would walk into the living room to see what I was doing. One night, she stood by in the doorway while I was playing and told me that she needed to talk to me. I was playing with a headset and talking to my friends, so I didn't hear her at first until she repeated. I quit the game and asked what was going on, thinking maybe she just needed help with something. When she started asking me who I was playing with and what I was playing, I named off three guys. One of them she didn't know, so... She immediately started berating me with all these questions about who he was. I tried explaining to her that he was the brother of one of my friends, but she didn't believe me. I had her put on the headset and had them say hello to her real quick, and I guess that satisfied her, but then she started bawling. She apologized, calling herself crazy and explaining how her ex cheated on her, so she has trust issues. It wasn't the first time that I dealt with that, so I wasn't upset or anything. I just tried my best to assure her that I wouldn't do that. I told my friends I was done for the night, and ended up spending the rest of the night with her, and she was fine. This, however, became a normal occurrence. I would get ready to go somewhere or do something, and if it didn't involve her, she always had something come up to make it to where I didn't go or she would have to tag along. I used to have dinner on Sunday nights at my mom's. Since my father died, my sister and I promised to make it a regular thing to do with her. 
No one else, just us three. I took her with me once to meet them, and then she expected it every week. My mother didn't seem to be upset by it, but I could tell my sister was. I tried talking to Alyssa about it, saying it was supposed to be a family thing and that she was always welcome to any other gatherings that we had. She didn't like that. She was mad at me that Sunday, but when I came home, I brought her flowers and her favorite candy, and again, she seemed better. From then on, on Sundays or the rare occasion us guys were able to hang out, something would come up. She'd say she wasn't feeling well and needed me to take her to the ER. She would say she needed my help with something that would normally take a few minutes and then drag it out for hours. If none of these worked, she would just go back to accusing me of cheating. This got to the point that I just gave up. I hardly went anywhere, and if I did, she was with me. Some people were allowed over, but not often. Somehow we managed to go out to dinner with our mutual friends, which it was a nice change. At one point, she had left to go use the restroom, and I asked my friend's girlfriend, Heather, to go with her, so it was just us guys left at the table. Once they were out of sight, he asked me how things were going with Alyssa. I played it off, saying we were good, when he told me that Heather was thankful Alyssa had found someone, because she didn't take her previous breakup too well. He said she started staying home a lot, not going out, and started having a lot of suicidal thoughts. This was all news to me, because that was definitely not something I had seen. I didn't mention it to him, but I was a bit concerned about us being home more. The rest of the night was fine afterwards, but that had just stuck in my mind. I tried being more understanding and involve her in more things, but it seemed like it only made things worse. When she would go places that had other women there, she was glued to my side and always had her arm or leg or head resting on me. Then, when we would go home, she would go right back to the accusations. I couldn't keep up with the differences and told her that she either needed to learn to trust me more, or we were going to need some time apart. She, of course, took this the wrong way. She ended up leaving that night and stayed at her apartment. I tried calling her to make sure she was okay, but she never answered. I drove to her apartment and saw her neighbor outside, saying that she had been gone all day. So I drove around to a few areas I figured that she would be at, but I never found her. I ended up going back home to wait and see if she would contact me, when, as I walk in the door, I see her sitting on my couch. I asked her what happened, and where she was again, and she was back to being cheerful. She said she wanted to call, but instead decided to wait on me to get home to surprise me. I was confused what she meant by this, but that is when she dropped it on me. 
she said that she was pregnant and that she was dropping out of school so she could move in and spend more time with me. She said that this would prove to her that I was serious about her. I didn't know how to react at the time. I hadn't even thought about having kids. And then, here we are. And to drop out of school when she was so close to finishing was insane to me. There was a lot going on within that time, and a lot to take in. The next couple of weeks were a blur. She had me take her to get vitamins and other prenatal stuff. She was already talking about names and how we wanted to change the office into a nursery. My life was changing right before me, and I didn't know what to do. Sure enough, I was definitely home a lot more and taking care of her. I finally had to tell my mom and sister since I had missed a few dinners when my sister started questioning things. She had mentioned how this all started when we got into a fight that almost ended our relationship, and how it's held me back since then. She asked me if I had seen the test or went to any of the appointments with her, and I told her no. She told me to pay attention to things, and to go to the next one. So, I brought it up to her, and she refused. She said that I couldn't go because men weren't allowed at that clinic, and then said because of the things they did, I couldn't be there. I wasn't a woman, so that made sense to me, and I let it go. A few very long weeks later, I went to take out the trash from the cans in the bathroom and bedroom, and found some pretty compelling things. There were two tests in the can in the bathroom. I thought it was odd that they were there since it had been about a month, and I had certainly taken the trash out since then. So, listening to my sister, I checked them, and the tests were negative. Alyssa was sitting in the living room, so I had brought them out to question her. The fact that the color in her face left told me all that I needed to know. I was confused, and furious, and I asked her why she would lie. She explained that she knew if she was, I would stay around more, and she wouldn't have to worry about me leaving, but every time she checked, it was negative. But this time, she said she felt it was wrong. She even admitted to tampering with our contraceptive items. I told her I was done. I had tried too many times to help her, to make her feel better about things, but this was too far. She had stolen the life that I had. I told her we were done and that she needed to leave. Thankfully, she still had her apartment and had just brought over some clothes. I slept on the couch that night, but the next morning, she tried to act like everything was fine. Minus the fake pregnancy and that we would get back together. This time, I put my foot down. I could not keep at this. I helped her get the last of her stuff back to her place and gave her a hug. I told her I knew she was a good person at heart and that she just needed some help. 
She asked if she got better and fixed herself, if we could try again. I didn't want to make things worse, and I did care for her, so I agreed. Which seemed to cheer her up some, and with that, I left. She still tried to call me and text me on a regular basis, but I really didn't want to talk to her, but almost felt obligated. So if I did respond, it was always short answers. But then, she would try to make plans for us, and I would have to ignore her at that point, or tell her I was busy. But that also didn't stop her. She started getting mad because I wasn't spending time with her, so I ended up having to tell her that we are not a couple. We are not together, and I have no intentions of being with you at this point in time. I told her that she needed to focus on herself and move on. And if it was too hard with me just being a friend in her life, then maybe we needed to cut ties altogether. She lost it at that point. She screamed on the phone and said things I wouldn't repeat. So I told her we were done and hung up. However, me not responding to the messages and phone calls was not enough to make her stop. She would call my mom and ask her about me, and my poor mom didn't know what to say, thinking we were just fighting, and would tell her that she would have me call her. She would show up at random places, conveniently at the same parties I would go to. She would be over at my friend's house saying she was there to see Heather, but would immediately try to latch on to me, so that I would leave. I've seen her parked outside my work and outside my apartment. I work as a mechanic fixing big trucks and semis, so unless a truck belonged to you, there was no reason for customers to be there. Yet, she would show up, and even go in and ask for me, so I would hide in the back and they would tell her that I wasn't there. She always begged them to let her stay and just wait there for me, but... Thankfully, they always told her no and that there was nowhere she could wait safely. Instead of just leaving, though, one time she demanded to speak with me because she was having my kid, and it was important. I did not tell my work about any of the pregnancy stuff, so they were pretty surprised when they heard that, and I was furious. I tried calling her to tell her we needed to talk, but she wouldn't answer. However, by the time I got home, she was sitting there in her car. She got out, smiling, and I came unglued. I went off about her following me and showing up at my work. I told her that she had no right talking about the pregnancy to people at my work since it was fake. She claimed that she was actually pregnant this time. I told her to show me proof, show me the test, Show me something from a doctor, anything to let me know she was being honest. And again, her response was, she just knew. I probably shouldn't have, or rather I know that I shouldn't have, but I told her she was crazy. I told her I wanted her out of my life, and I never wanted to see her again. Without saying a word, she left and I didn't hear from her for a few days. I thought it was finally over, 
Her friend, Heather, had tried contacting me, asking if I had heard from her since she hadn't heard from her either. I told her about what had happened, and that we no longer spoke, but that was about it. The following Sunday, I went to my mom's for our normal dinner. While I was over there, I got a text from her that said, I loved you. It's all on you now. I ignored it at first, but it was starting to eat at me. So I left my mom's place early to try and talk to her. I called her, but she didn't answer. I went to her place, and her car wasn't there. I caught her neighbor outside, who said she had left around 5pm, which was about the same time I left for my mom's. My only thought was that she went back to my place to wait for me to talk or to beg me to get back together, because she still had a key to my place. I know it was stupid, but I didn't really think about it at the time. When I got home, I noticed my front door was unlocked. I heard music playing. It was the song that she claimed was ours, because we listened to it on our first date. The music was coming from the bathroom. I knocked on the door to ask her to come out so we could talk, and there was no response. I continued trying to talk to her for several minutes, and again, I did not get any response. So, I pretended to leave, opening and shutting the door, and just sat in the living room waiting for her to come out, or something. When she didn't after ten minutes or so, I went back to the door and told her that if she didn't come out, I was going to come in. I should have done that sooner. I opened the door to find her hanging from the built-in shower door. I had to try and hold her up as I was struggling to untie the sheet. The rest of that night was a blur. The cops came and pronounced her dead. There was an investigation, of course, to make sure that I wasn't a suspect. It felt like an eternity. I couldn't bring myself to go to her funeral as I felt like I was to blame, but... I did bring flowers to her grave afterwards. I moved out of my apartment, too. I stayed at a friend's place until I found a new one, because... Who could stay there? It's something that still haunts me to this day, but I've also learned from it, and I take mental health a lot more seriously today. Just take care of yourself, and if friends or family say they have feelings like that, get them help. It will affect more people than you think when you're gone. When I started high school, I feel I had some pretty close encounters due to my naivety. I'm a female and had very poor self-esteem. So, while I did have some close friends... I was also quiet and reserved. However, as I was going into a new school, I wanted to put myself out there more. I wanted crazy memories with my friends. I wanted to try new things and maybe get my first boyfriend. So, in order to do this, I wanted to change myself so I could be happy with who I was. My birthday was over the summer, so I saved up as much money as I could and finally convinced my parents to let me dye my hair 
a deep purple and black, and even started doing some of those makeup tutorials. I know it may sound stupid to some, but I know there were a lot of girls that felt the same way as me at that time. I know it sounds stupid now, but it really made a difference to me. I walked into that school for the first time feeling like a different person, except I was still the quiet, smart girl in the back. The first few months were not unusual. My friends and I hung out between classes. All four of us were able to dye our hair, so we had a bit of an ego boost, and we did have some people notice, too. There was one girl in particular, Shelby, that was on the choir team that complimented my hair, which made me feel great, because she was one of the more charismatic girls. She wasn't the mean and popular type, because she was genuinely friendly with anyone and she had a lot of friends, but she just never really talked to me, except for in passing. That's where things started changing for me. While my friend and I were leaving P.E., we were singing some stupid song when Shelby complimented me on my voice. She was in the same class, so she could hear us. She said that I should try for choir next year, which I never would have thought about being the person I am. From there, she began talking to me more, I would help her on assignments in class, and she even brought in her makeup once to do mine before first period started. We started hanging out outside of school, and we became pretty close friends. Me hanging out with Shelby also meant I was around more guys than just my brother and his friends. The ones that she hung out around started paying attention to me, and I didn't dislike it. It was different, and it was something that I wanted out of high school. One night, Shelby was staying over at my house and helping me dye my hair again, and while we were waiting, we started messing around on my laptop. She showed me her Facebook page and a few other sites that she would go on, and then she showed me another website that I had never heard of before. To explain it the best I can... It was supposed to be like a blog, targeted for teenagers as a safe place to talk about concerns, fears. You could vent there or just share your creativity. It was all text-based, so you couldn't send or receive pictures. Shelby posted a lot of lyrics to her favorite songs or poems that she wrote. She said there was a private message option, which was like email, but still no media could be sent or received. She said she used this a lot since her parents monitored her email a lot, so I followed and set up an account too. She helped me set a personalized wallpaper and bio, and pretty quickly, I had a lot of supporters, which were like friends or followers. I started using this daily. I would post music lyrics, poems, or songs that I wrote, little tidbits about my day, and so forth. I even tried helping others that were not in a good state of mind when I could. 
it almost became like a job for me. That was a problem, though, I do admit. I had been told by teachers on a few occasions to put my phone away, and once had it taken away by a teacher. It was my English teacher. He was weird in the sense that he was always cheerful to talk to, especially when we first got into class. If you needed help with something, or needed more time on a project, as long as it wasn't abused, he was willing to help you out. But, if you interrupted him even in the slightest during lecture, he seemed to come unglued. He would slam his hand on a desk, do that ear-piercing whistle, things like that. I unfortunately got caught on my phone, and he took it from me. I had to get it back from him at the end of the day. I was more careful with having it out after that, especially in his class. Going back to this site, other than what it was intended for, some people used it to set up fights. It unfortunately was not blocked on the school's network, so when one larger fight took place, they were able to check the history under their logins and see this site. Because of this, the site was then blocked from the school network. And the teachers were now very well aware of this too, and started monitoring harder for phones that were out. I was not a fighter, so I never used it for that. But I did on occasion have a few guys on there that I talked to and flirted with. There was even a news section on it where you could give people virtual gifts for points, which you earned for doing certain tasks such as logging in, making posts, and things like that. The gifts could then be left with a name, or you could send it anonymously. I got a few from people that I knew, but then I started getting ones weekly that were anonymous. I thought it was cool and showed my friends to gauge if they were doing it. They claimed they didn't, and were just as excited and curious as myself to know who it was. I figured, if not them, maybe it was a mutual friend. Or, maybe I really did just have an admirer. So, I made a post about it, saying something about how I appreciated them. The next day, I got a response from a username I wasn't familiar with. And they said it was them and that they were happy I liked them. My friends didn't recognize the name either, so me being me, I deduced it as someone who did actually like me. From then on, they would reply to all my posts with a compliment on them, and then they would call me beautiful, gorgeous, etc. I really didn't mind it for a while. I started getting private messages from the same person saying I was perfect for them. I tried asking who they were, but all they would tell me was that they went to the same school but they were too scared to approach me. I tried to convince them to, but they always refused. But the messages didn't stop. Hello, beautiful. Good morning, princess. I hope my goddess had a great day. I remember the messages like that because they creep me out to this day, and I have troubles with hearing it now. <laughs> this went on for a while, but it started getting old. 
and that's all they ever did, so I started ignoring it. I don't think they liked that, though, because they began to beg for me to acknowledge them, and finally got that when the messages started becoming more explicit and vulgar, and talking about my body and what they would do to me. I still didn't have a boyfriend, so I didn't even know how to react to that. I just decided to block the person. After about a week or so, I started getting the same type of messages from a new name, so I immediately blocked it, too. Thinking they may have gotten the hint, I moved on as normal. Towards the end of the semester, P.E. then had swim classes, and since it was my last period for the day, sometimes I would just walk home in my swimsuit and cover up. And by the time I had gotten home and showered, I had a message from a new person that specifically mentioned my swimsuit, and something along the lines of how it was hard to resist not snatching me up from the name of my street. Now, this made me panic a bit, because now I really am being followed and they knew where I lived. I just sent them a message to leave me alone and blocked them again. They didn't stop. I can't tell you how many more this person made and how many more messages I would get where they just got worse and worse. They would describe what I was wearing or where I was when they saw me, what they wanted to do to me, and they even kept saying they were going to take me away and kept putting the date and counting down the days. April 17th. I hate that day now. There's always something there that makes me think I need to watch my back on that day. This all started to crash down when we were in study hour, and Shelby asked me about going to her birthday party, and that it was going to be the weekend of April 17th. I lost it. I felt horrible, but part of me thought it was her screwing with me this whole time, and I started yelling and crying. The teacher walked me to the counselor's room where I told her everything that was happening. My parents were called in, and they called the cops to have it all reported. They were upset that I hadn't told them about it, but were more concerned about finding out who would do this to me. Since they thought it was a fellow student at first, and they knew the students had access to the site at the school, they began trying to trace back the usernames that were messaging, so I had to go back in and unblock those names as well. To my surprise, they were eventually able to find out who had created those and who it was that was messaging me. It was our English teacher. The sick freak was messaging me those explicit things. After checking his computer, they found out I wasn't the only one. He was definitely arrested, and is in prison now. The website is gone, too. It only got worse from there and ended up being shut down, thankfully. I wouldn't wish that on anyone. Feeling like you have to look over your shoulder everywhere you go is an awful way to live. And parents, no matter how much they hate you for it, 
monitor what your kids do online, you have no idea some of the things that can and do happen right under your nose. So that, my dear friends, was a collection of true stalker horror stories. These stories um, highlight that some people really should seek help and really... um, You know what? It's best just leave it at that. If you are in a situation where you feel you are similar to any of these, please do seek help in some way, shape, or form. Be it with the law, a friend, somebody. And if you have someone in your life that is in a situation like this, please try to help them as best you can. These stories are genuinely terrifying because of how real they are and how painful uh, the outcome usually is with these and how terrifying it could be in the end. Yeah, yeah. so if you enjoyed this video, enjoy being a loose term there, you know what I mean, uh, please do hit that thumbs up button. Leave me a comment letting me know which story was your favorite. Again, favorite being a loose term. Um, and just your overall thoughts of the video. And if you really enjoy it and you're new to the channel, please do hit that subscribe button and the bell icon next to it. You can also support the channel for early access with channel memberships and Patreon. All patrons and channel members get early access to my content, and most people get access to extra content on the monthly. So for $1 a month, you can listen to my stuff early if you want to. <laughs> well, that said, friends, I hope you have a beautiful day. I hope you know you are loved, you are important, you are valid, and you are the best you that you can be. Nobody can be you any more than you currently are, and you should strive for that. You are amazing. And I'll see you next time. Sleep well. Thank you.